shining bright on the Gold Coast. The American Nightmare is back in full form for the Collinwood Magpies, and that's good for the entire world, haters included. Nat Fife is not a fan of pancakes, so he chooses waffles, and the Brisbane Lions and Demons might be in a little bit of trouble after this round but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into our round 11 breakdown of course i'm your host ross allen joining you alongside by the best foodie correspondent in the business coach donnie hess coach how are we feeling after even though your sydney swans had a very 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 typical second quarter footy they still somehow win the game and their um you know their finals hopes are still still uh still going for the time being right <laughs> Oh, let's 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 throw it right then and oh. there. I know there, there are going to be people in this comment section going, I cannot wait to hear how coach responds to this one. And, and it, it is a topic I have I legitimately have been asked by Richmond Tigers fans, Swans fans and all sorts of fans. Oh, no. Coach, what do you think about it? And I, I will talk about it in my headlines just, just a, second. a little just... bit, just a little bit. Ooh. But I will, I will say this: I, I was happy with myself. I put on my coach's hat more than my blood than my blood's hat mm -hmm. on this one. So I cannot wait to discuss that particular topic. But and also, man, just an incredible round of footy. It was a great I, round of footy. I'm gonna say, man. I'm gonna say it right here. I, I loved it. Absolutely mm -hmm. loved it. I thought there was not a bad game of the lot. Yes, we had some ugly ones, but. There were some things that I liked to, that I liked seeing this week, and it sets us up for by round footy, but still some crackers still left to play. I am so excited. Also, one thing that had me really excited this round was the first quarter of GWS versus Brisbane. That's the most hope and joy I've had in I don't know how long watching the Giants. And, of course, in typical fashion, they kind of blow it. But luckily for me, I knew that was going to happen, and I went to bed after halftime. So I didn't even – I was awake for the happy parts, asleep for the sad parts. Then I pick up my phone the next morning. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of knew. Um, but such is life <laughs> for a Giants fan. It'd be like that sometimes. But, uh, of course, uh, not only we got that for you guys in store, but more because Donnie has some great stats concerning the uh, Gold Coast Suns and the Collingwood Magpies. We're going to talk about them. We're talking about um, some NFL-related expansion ideas for Tasmania from Legend of the Game Clarko. And we're going to go into a little bit of buddy trouble. Um, he he was not a good boy this week, and now he's being put to timeout. <laughs> Is it fair? Uh, the most impactful player from round 11 and where Big Tex Walker is going to end up next season. Of course, our uh, Dottie's team of the round and our tips for round 12. Uh, but before we kick it off with 
the um, Hess's headlines is what we are calling it. Um, of course, you can check us out. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Rumble, a crap ton of places for some other shows. We're also live on Twitch um, too, so you go ahead and check us out. Um, you can find everything over at thefourthlong.com uh, for all your footy information. That's at thefourthlong.com forward slash AFL. And you can catch us mostly on our socials. I spend way too much time on Twitter and also still way too much time on Instagram as well. You can find us at Fourth and Long Media on both platforms, and you can find the aforementioned Donnie Hess over on Twitter and Instagram as well at Coach Hess Forty. I will say I'm a lot more active, but it's because Donnie has his life together and doesn't have to spend a crap ton of time on social media to try to stay relevant in a fruitless endeavor that is almost never worth it. But damn it, I'm still gonna do it because I swear I don't have an addiction, but I kind of do. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, Twitter, I'm not too. Twitter, I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that. A lot you do more. a good job. In, in, Instagram, I'm. I'm. Even my wife tells me it's like you gotta be better, and, and <laughs> I'm working on it. I, I, I've joked with her. I'm gonna go through a Twitter educate through an Insta education when it comes to it to maybe be a tiny bit better on. That. Oh, I love it. I I love it so much. But uh, we're gonna kick things off before we get into the biggest overreactions possibly from round 11 the AFL seasons time to kick on over to coach Hess's headlines coach what you got for us because I know you're going to be pissing some people off with this one. <laughs> oh boy so, so I have I have four headlines that I really I really want to just really quickly talk about and some of these that I'm a mace ruffle some feathers and I don't mean to do this intentionally there's no may I'm, in there you I, are <laughs> I, I, I have a microphone I have the time I have an opinion and I'm going to share it whether you agree with it or not that's up to you that's up to you and I'm, I'm willing to have discussions over, over any of these. Um, for me, first headline for me, I think this league looks much, much more competitive than I think we thought a couple of weeks ago with two massive upsets this week mm -hmm. being the Melbourne Demons falling to the Fremantle Dockers on the mighty MCG, which if you would have told us this two years ago, we'd have told you you're crazy. Frio is not going to go on the road and beat a Demons team that is undefeated, that looks unbeatable, mm -hmm. and goes on the road and gets a big win, including some fantastic highlights. Mr. Mr. Frederick, I tip my cap to you, sir. That tap back was absolutely <laughs> insane. What a play. To all my Fremantle Docker supporters who I, who I who I befriend and I talk to, their elation was fantastic. Man, to flag see. mantle has never been in better form than it is right now. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that that went through, and I appreciate everything that they're going through, and and I hope it continues. I really, really do. We'll have to see going into it. Uh, my second headline is injuries. I think will affect a few teams and may cause somebody a final. I, I'm really interested to see how this goes. Sam Weedering, in my personal opinion, that is a massive loss mm -hmm. for the Carlton for, for the Carlton Footy Club. Legitimately, that loss really, really, really hurts them. They're hoping they can maybe bounce back. They did pick up. They did pick up a, a young key defender in the in the um, midseason draft earlier today, um, a Sam Durden who played at North Melbourne. So they're hoping he can be able to come in and have an impact. But I still say this is a Carlton team that is that they're reeling a little bit. This this injury is going to really affect them. And then how does the Stephen May injury affect Melbourne? Yes, they've got Tomlinson coming back in, which I think is is a, is a suitable replacement for May going up against uh, a buddyless Sydney Swans this week. But legitimately, Melbourne is a little bit weakened by this. But I'm also going to put this out here. I stated this a couple of weeks ago. Is this a loss that Melbourne needed to focus this team 
for the finals. Keep that little, keep this, that particular quote earmarked because if I'm a Melbourne fan, I don't mind this loss. I don't mind the getting this group focused because were they starting to look and get that into their heads that this is the best team in the league, that they can win it all. There isn't much of a challenger. Fremantle and Brisbane are slipping in uh, on the way to on the way to the finals and you're playing well so will this be a focuser for this very good d's team who again i still don't think have played their best footy we'll and even see. better for the d's as well one thing i will say is that it's not like they lost to frio playing their best game of footy they they didn't look great out there easily with their worst performance of the season so they could oh. take they could <laughs> <laughs> let me could, let me move up let me okay. move up a headline really quickly Ooh. these fans i'm sorry i'm going to say this i think goodman i think good i, oh, I think yeah. coach goodman needs to be held accountable petraka should not have played i know that's going to ruffle some feathers petraka is a great player he had 10 disposals what's his average his average is 28 and a half that is ridiculously bad what was his meters gained his meters gained uh, was 183 in the game, and he averages five, almost 550. Safe to say so, he wasn't playing his typical levels. Can, can, can and, we say and, that? And I understand this, and this is one of those where it's like you got to have, and I'm going to say it, the cojones to be able to look Petrock and go, hey, dude, you're not feeling well. Sit. We've got guys that will come in. It's a long season. We've got a buy round coming up. Mm-hmm. Take the day off. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. It doesn't matter if we lose. We've still got a game. We've still got a game ahead of second place in the league. I just I don't understand why you do that. Legitimately, this this one baffles me a little bit. I'm I'm bringing I'm broaching a subject nobody's talking about, which I find it kind of interesting that nobody talked about it. But Melbourne's playing really well. You can't question a winning coach, I guess. But I'm going to question him here. I think he I think he really. Yes, he loses May, but Petraka was not himself. You're down two guys, not just one. You're down two. Petraka's on the field, but he's a body. He's not mm-hmm. Petraka. So why not let a rookie at least? Why not let a younger player come in and play that position? I don't know. So I'm I'm gonna question coach the the coach Goodman there just the coach Goody there just the tiniest bit yeah. on that again. Petraka is a great player. I understand guys who played with the flu and had great games, but. I'm one of those. Why do it? Why risk it? It's it's just really not there. And then let's we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. The elephant in the room. Every everybody. I I got this from a couple people. I have several people on Twitter. Tigers fans, Swans fans, neutrals. Coach, what is your thought? What did you think of the 50 meter penalty not called at the end of the game that seen the Swans get the six point win over the Richmond Tigers? I stated this a couple of times, and I mean it. No matter what way they would have called it, I would have been okay with it. Even if the Swans would have, even if Richmond would have kicked a goal and got a draw out of it, I would have been okay with it because I think this is one of those where the umpires make a decision and stay with it. Do I, do I hear the arguments both ways? I am 100% Richmond fans. I 100% agree with you. Warner kicked it out. It's considered a time wasting. So yes, I understand why you have a legitimate gripe that that should have been a 50 meter penalty. Is it called during the first, second, and third quarters? Yes, it is. But here's the one thing many of them don't talk about. How can you time waste if the game is technically over? <laughs> so that's that, that's one that's one argument there. Okay. But then I've also heard this, also heard this, and this is me kind of flipping over to, and I, again, this is many swans people that have made this argument, but I've heard some neutrals even say this, is that technically, even if they they did pay, didn't pay it, 
they would have had to reverse it because Dusty Martin, Jack Rewolt, and Liam Baker all at one time looked at the umpire and raised their hands in a descent motion. Which again, right there. we 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 can let's let's not open that can of worms that the umpiring has again found its found its way into the discussion. That um, it's really good doing that, that. So many people, so many people are talking about. And I'll address that in just a tiny second. But I'm I'm okay with the call, not because the Swans won, but because it was thought about before they made a decision together as an umpiring crew. Matt Stevick made the made the made the made the free kick call. Okay. He's 100 meters away from the football. Do I think he probably saw everything perfectly? Maybe. It's a great. It's 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 somewhat the right call, but I think it's a little bit of a dodgy call. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the reason why I don't mind Sam Walsh's high tackle in the end of the Collingwood Carlton game wasn't called either. It's an iffy. It's a 50-50. I don't like those calls being called. I want it stone cold, obvious free kick yep that's why i don't like the free kick so it kind of works out in the end then my other thing is the screenshot so many swans fans i saw a point that technically prestia hits warner in the jaw after the hold so it's kind of one of those where it's kind of a 50 50 mm-hmm. so again richmond fans if you had got the 50 and prestia would have got the shot 30 meters out i would have been i would have said it's the right call and I say the same thing because it wasn't called a 50 and Prestia had to kick it from damn near the interchange bench. There, there is no wrong call in this situation because the, the is not perfect. I, I stated this before, Mike, I'm tired of the umpire whinging. And, and I, and I know you're the American. You don't, here's the thing I've done umpiring and many of the umpires I talked to, there is so much gray in the laws hmm. because it all depends on how you think it is, how the umpire thinks it is. We have to stop looking at these umpires and going, well, I think it's this. Well, as soon as you say think, that instantly negates your argument because that's what you think. The umpire may not see it the same way that you see it. We need to stop telling people that are in an imperfect job to be perfect because it's not going to happen. Okay. You have to just accept this is not going to be perfect. It's not going to happen. I don't whinge about the umpiring. Anybody that watches my Twitters, you will never see me go. The umpire screwed us. Mm -hmm. No, you will never see that. Why? Because I've done his job. I've done umpiring for my local places here. I've heard the whining. I've heard the complaining. I know exactly what they go through. I'm not going to do that. I base my assessments and how I see off of the play. Did Richmond deserve to win that, get a chance to kick that? Maybe they might have. But then the other argument is you lost a 31 point lead. 31 point lead. I think that's probably the biggest argument we could go with here. Maybe a don't blow 31 point lead. Mm. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but but then but then my other thing is is that if you notice the swans have done this a couple of times so they have these big comebacks in the second half so you almost want to almost want to go is is do you throw the swans off by not getting a big lead because it seems to focus them and make them a better footy team. <laughs> so, so you have it's, to it's a... not take the lead in the second quarter for playing the swans is that is that correct uh it, for some people that may that may be it's, the, it's, an interesting, it's a very to... interesting take <laughs> i so, hey, it, it's technically it's accurate, and <laughs> technically accurate is like technically right. It's the best kind of right. Um, but Hess's headlines—that's in the books, and that's definitely um, 
makes some great points there. And honestly, one of the best takeaways we can get from the round. Um, but we're, we're going to transition from there into overreacting about round 11 of the AFL season. Or are we actually kind of onto something here? Because there's been some big moves, most importantly by the Gold Coast Suns. And one thing I am kind of proud, I, I like to bag on them because it's kind of fun. But at the same time, last year, I was, I, I was very high on their future their future might have just come a little bit early uh, but for those that don't know how this works i got three statements for coach donnie um they are possible overreactions um so it's up to coach to uh determine if they are in fact an overreaction or if there's actually some truth to them um statement number one we're going to start off this round is that the gold coast suns can just be booked for the finals right now oh the way the question is phrased, I will say overreaction, but if I, we adjust it just the tiniest bit, then I won't say it. Are the Swans legitimately in the flag, in a, in a contention to make the finals? I don't think that's an overreaction. I legitimately, looking at their schedule, looking at the way they're playing, it is hard for me not to say the Suns have a shot. Do they have like the second easiest schedule finals. remaining? Well, I I did some I I really quick just behind the mic as I <laughs> I had some time at work this week and I just I wanted to see who had the easiest schedule of the twelve teams that I see making it to the finals, which Gold Coast is your kind of cutoff there at twelve teams because I think there's they're only two games back of the finals, and I went through and I went just by ladder position again. This is now not through the rest of the season. As of right now, going into the bye weeks, we are eleven games through, so we're halfway through the season with eleven games still to play through the rounds that we know when they're playing who they're mm -hmm. playing and how so that's through round 19 the easiest schedule as of right now is collingwood through round 19 with an at with an average with an average ladder position of 11.4 okay gold coast is next also at 11.4 but here's the thing that i look at it with this collingwood has more teams in the bottom six than gold coast does mm -hmm. but gold coast does have in the final four games both north melbourne and west coast including a matchup with north melbourne in round 23 so if that's almost a guaranteed four points against the ruse if the suns are close we could be looking at a final day with the suns potentially having the shot of sneaking into the finals so just a tiny bit of change in language there and i will say this is not an overreaction the suns are legit legitimately in the hunt to make the finals this year and how cool would that be to see the suns in september action Man, that would have to make the AFL so damn happy to see their project actually, you know, get put into the finals. Almost like uh, how their um, one of their other projects, GWS, almost winning the final uh, or almost winning the grand final. But you know, let's let's not talk about that horrible, horrible game. Um, you know, uh, there's there's no need to go into it. I am so ready, Donnie. To hop on the bandwagon of the Suns making the finals and being a finals team, because the scary thing is. Even if they just make it into the eight spot, I don't think 
this in like for like all their games is going to transition to the finals. This is not a fun team to play against, especially if they catch a hot streak um, late on to the season. They not only have the potential to make the finals giant, depending on their form late in the season, they have actually have a potential to, to win to win the final game. They've they've got a lot of they got a lot of good uh, parts in the right places. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I I mean I've been I've also been one of the best coaches in the game at, at the moment. I've I've been singing his praises for a year. Jared, Witt, I think Jared Witz's loss last year was the biggest effect to Gold Coast mm. than any player on their team, because you could tell Jared Witz is healthy. He's playing well, and look at them dominate dominate some of the some of the center clearances when he plays. He is such a good ruckman. Legitimately, he is a dark horse Smokey as the potential Australian backup Ruckman, which would be quite interesting to see if that happens, which very rarely, unfortunately, it does. Usually they put one Ruckman and the rest are a ton of midfielders that Unbelievable. they just the shovel, shovel into. Or overlooked. Everything else is overrated. We need, I need a list of 11 Ruckmen on the All-Australian <laughs> team. That's what I need. <laughs> you've, got, you've got some that I think you – I, legitimately you've got a you got a few that i think could if brody grundy is healthy and uh, you have a, you could have a midfield just just going ruckman athletically you could have tim english you could have brody grundy you could have a peter laddams you could have a sean darcy all in the center all in the center <laughs> and that's not even including max gone that's not that's not including um I'm trying to think uh Proust from mm. GWS is having a very good yes. season as well. Oscar McInerney is playing well. So there's a lot of Ruckman that I think are playing very, very well this season. So it'll be very interesting to see. But I, I I'm very interested to see how this this Gold Coast team does because you the, also forgot Mason Cox, by the way. I don't know if you if you meant to leave him <laughs> off your list, but but if you don't accident, I'm here to remind you. That he's not. <laughs> he's he's more of the stable forward type. I, I I'm really looking at those guys that are super super like. He really does endurance. play a lot of forward for his for his you know being deemed a ruckman. They they. He's maybe well, it's just because he's the most dynamic ruckman in the league, and that that's just what happens when you're as well, good as Mason Cox. Most of the time when he was playing, he was playing with Brody Grundy, and all due respect uh, to Mason Cox, Grundy gets around the field a lot better than Mason does. I mean, Mason, the string, the string bean that is Mason Cox, I love him, but he just he doesn't have the running power. Look at in, that. In, it's in not about power, Diane. It's about that stride length. Look at that. Just <laughs> bounding across. The, it's, 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 a, well, it's a giraffe, I, and it's beautiful. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell a funny story. I don't know if you watched this, but I think it was last year or the year before. Sydney, Sydney was playing Collingwood, and Dane Rampey was guarding Collingwood and if you listen very closely after a free Dane Rampey gives away a free kick mm -hmm. and you hear on the umpire mic he goes no wonder I pushed him in the back he's like a baby deer he falls over with one touch like, legitimately <laughs> heard that through the mic I oh. I had to laugh a little oh, bit I had to tough. laugh a little bit at that I mean, oh. it, it was an almighty spray on 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 the on the American hero there but it, <laughs> he's just I don't know. Mason is more that forward type of Ruckman. He's the resting Ruckman type of one. I just, he, he, I haven't seen him be that guy that gets up and down the ground as effectively as a Brody Grundy no, and Darcy Cameron, him and Darcy Cameron had a heck of a game uh, against calling uh, against Carlton. They look so great. You, you I was exactly. Like, <laughs> I was well, pretty that, happy with, with seeing the return, like the real return of Coxzilla for the first time. And like, maybe like, uh, Maybe he sets what his finals appearance, right? Um, a couple years ago. Well, you ask some people, he's only had two really good games. The 2018 grand final. Uh, I'll throw it back to the, the first 
in that one. The first final game I watched was was him. Um, I think he scored like three times in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mason Cox. And had six. And had six yeah. contested marks. Yeah, so. Mason Cox, yeah. baby. I, I I will never ever give up by my hype train for the greatest American to ever grace the AFL field. Al Gary's <laughs> technically I'm right. And like I said earlier, that is the best kind of right. But moving to statement number two uh, for our overreactions this round is you should be more worried about Brisbane's performance this round rather than Melvin's performance this round. Uh, I I don't think this is I don't think this is an overreaction purely because just look at who they played. Exactly. Fremantle is a legit at. Well, here's here's the thing, though. You can kind of counteract a little bit. It's Fremantle for the previous two weeks had been putrid. But mm-hmm. I agree. Many people kept forgetting that the previous two games were in wet weather footy, where we're in atrocious footy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Fremantle just never really got used to playing in that, in that weather conditions. But a dry game, dry footy, they played fantastic against the Melbourne Demons, where Brisbane kind of <laughs> – the Giants jumped all over them to start this game. Like, legitimately, I was looking. They were going, scoring oh at will, and they were. I, I don't think the ball really was ever in the midfield. Like for that first quarter, it seemed like it always felt like you got the bounce. It was in the it 50 went from for the one end to the other right. a lot in that first right. quarter. I remember watching. I almost it was text, insane. Like, legitimately almost texted you going, Ross. Right now, your call for GWS over Brisbane <laughs> looking kind of good. <laughs> and then about halfway through the second quarter, I went well. Here comes Brisbane. Yeah. And then they kind of they stalled little bit and gw and brisbane just kind of that was one of those they just kind of slowly chipped away and slowly got it to it they, they kind of took over in the second yeah, half they was, paced like, they they got onto their pace and then that kind of gws just had such a quick first quarter and i don't know if they just couldn't sustain it it's the, that brisbane, that kind of court or, could beat the d's but also you have to do that well, for more than just 20 minutes is the, yeah, the well issue. and a little bit I, a little bit i think brisbane kind of brisbane kind of they came out flat Mm-hmm. And GWS was all over him. And once GWS kind of got their, and once Brisbane kind of got their groove going, then you kind of saw the tides change because you can only hold back, you can only hold back a tidal wave so far before it finally yeah. takes you. So that's if, if you don't happened. score 100 points against Brisbane, you're probably, you're, I think you have a 10% chance of winning that game. You gotta hope that they can't kick straight, like legitimately. That's yeah, but only, the only problem is they were kicking, they they kicked very well in this game too. And that that and that helps them too. So, yeah. but. It's, I'm, if you if you look at it, I don't think this is an overreaction because I think Fremantle is better than everybody. Kind of everybody kind of focused on those two games. Mm-hmm. And they didn't see the, the the kind of let's just ignore the this. whole beginning of the season and look at those two last games. Well, I don't think they were ignoring it. I think they were just going off. They were going off of the previous two games. Like this is their form, mm-hmm. and I just I looked at it as two wet weather games. Two games that were in sloppy footy and they didn't handle it well. When See, we got a dry, when they got a dry footy game, mm-hmm. look at how much different. And then they kind of, I think they t- they did very good. Longmuir did a really good job in this one in that he he kind of took the mosquito fleet. He outsped that back line of yeah. Melbourne. They just could not handle that speed and pressure in this game. That's not something they're used to. I mean, they face Richmond, but Richmond again, I don't think they are the mosquito fleet that they used to be. So this is almost a little bit of a, of a revamped type of Richmond style game mm-hmm. against Melbourne in this one. And it really affected Melbourne, especially losing May early because they didn't have a guy they could throw back that could structure them the way they did. And it really kind of showed. Mm-hmm. So kind of to your point too, is like, 
uh, the that Fremantle team was not the 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 last couple of rounds was not the Frio team that they actually are. I don't think that the D's team we saw in round eleven is the D's team that they actually are. And, and uh, there's not a thing to it. That that wasn't the D's. I, I'm just going. I could just say it outright. The only problem is I cannot say that in confidence when it comes to Brisbane. I cannot say, oh, that Brisbane team the, over the, the the course of all 80 minutes of that game. I'm not going to say that's not Brisbane because that is kind of Brisbane of what we've seen this, so far this year. If they can't play defense or um, sorry, if they can't just outpace someone, you know, and just keep on outscoring them, they're not going to win games because they're not a defensive team. They, they have, I would probably argue, one of the worst defenses in the league, especially out of finals teams, current finals teams. So that's a big issue. When you're getting outpaced for a good chunk of the game against a bottom five team, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, this, it, it was not a good start. And, and that it just shows you that I think there's more parity in the league than I think. I think everybody kind of focuses on, well, the bottom has so many points. Well, here's the thing. Hawthorne played really, really well at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Essendon has their moments, but uh, but if you really look at it, if you take Essendon, West Coast, and North off, the other teams that are down there at the bottom, they're still competitive. They're still going to give you a test. Hawthorne's going to test you. GWS is going to test you. Adelaide is going to test you. Those three other teams in the bottom six, they're no, they're no step over. If they get you on the right day, you're in trouble. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate pointing to that bottom six and going, well, this is the reason why they're this is the reason why the finals it's not going to be very entertaining because we know. Well, no, we don't because Adelaide, GWS, and Hawthorne don't sleep on them. Mm-hmm. If you come down to these last eight Thank rounds, you. after after we get through the buys, after we get through the buys and we get another nine rounds of footy, keep an eye out on Hawthorne, GWS, and Adelaide. Those three teams could potentially make or break a finals berth just by one game. Because if you drop a game to one of those teams, especially with several of these teams playing each other over the last eight rounds of the season, it's going to get entertaining. This ladder, as much as it looks like it's pretty settled, except for maybe 10th and 11th and 12th, potentially somebody jumping in. I think there's still some jumping around. I Mm -hmm. It would not shock me if a couple of teams, potentially two, if not three teams, are really sweating that last round of the year. Carlton is one. I think the Western Bulldogs and Richmond, who are all in that little area, are all kind of in this little interesting time period. Sydney even as well. I'll I'll, I'll say it. Sydney is vulnerable because of the fact that they've lost so many games going into it. And honestly, even I'll raise my hand. I'm not super confident in this game against Melbourne. Yes, Melbourne is I without May, but it, it's it's not a game that you can sit here and go, I'm, I'm super confident Sydney's going to win. If I said that, I'd be lying to you. Fair hope Petraka gets I'm another flu. Myself. <laughs> oh, man. And, and I, I like it because I know for damn sure that GWS will not be competing for a final spot. But if they could kick someone out of the finals, like at the last couple of games, maybe even the Western Bulldogs, you know, to help that rivalry get, uh, keep going – Oh, that would that would make me smile and, and, and definitely laugh a little bit. But um, going back to what we were talking about, the last point, statement number three, Collingwood is the biggest flag threat of any non-top eight team currently. Mm. 
Be because so around them, if you want to take a look at the letter, it's Richmond at nine at 24 points, Collingwood at 10 at 24 points, and then 11 and 12 is Port Adelaide and Gold Coast at 20. Um, the Port Adelaide has four about four percentage points on the Suns, and Richmond has about 15 percentage points on the Magpies. I, I look at it like this is so the four the four teams outside who's who's the biggest flag contender outside of the eight going off that question it's tough because honestly i think the biggest fly honestly i think the biggest flag contender is actually in the eight just mm -hmm. looking at this but if i if i stay the structure of your question calling with no i think that's an overreaction honestly it's richmond Richmond, because Richmond has a nice has a nice run of of winnable games. Shall we say winnable games? We'll we'll, we'll put that asterisk there. Also, because those percentage is... points compared to the rest of the non top eight teams are very high. Well, and I think mm. I think Richmond's I think Richmond's going to benefit from yes, yes, that was a tight game against Sydney, but I don't think they lose very much in it. It's not like they had injuries. It's not like they played horribly. They actually played a quite a good game. They just mm -hmm. they caught a Sydney side caught fire at the right time. They struggled, started getting a little inaccurate, and it burned them. So outside of the top ten, I'd say Richmond, Collingwood. I'm just I don't like that they don't have a consistent ruckman like mm -hmm. Cameron and and Cox will work. It will work, but how will it work against Gone? How will it work against Darcy? How will it work against, um, how against Oscar McInerney? How will it work against Rowan Marshall and Patty Ryder? Those top four, the top four teams, all have very good, very solid ruckmen or ruckmen two with Jackson and Gone, and then Ryder and Rowan Marshall for the St. Kilda Saints. That's my question. Mm -hmm. I really want to know, can Grundy get back before the finals and can he get back to Grundy of old? If he can, then Collingwood's a threat because Collingwood's pressure is really good. Ginevan can kick goals. Majacek can kick goals. Cox, when he's in, can kick goals. Cameron can kick goals when he goes forward. Grundy can't. Adams can't. Steel Sidebottom is having another is having a pretty darn good season for for a guy that I think a lot of people wanted to throw in the scrap heap for Collingwood. Mm. Scott Pendlebury, though he's went back, he's been in and out of the midfield and has actually done really, really well for his positioning. And I think if Darcy Moore can play a little bit more consistently as that solid number one defender, Collingwood's got the 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 pieces to do it. The question is, is they need Grundy back, and can Grundy get back to his normal? If he does, then yes, they're a legitimate threat mm -hmm. if they get in. They're gonna test, they're gonna test some teams for sure. But I would say overreaction right now because they don't have they don't have Grundy, and I'm not confident on Cameron and Cox being able to withstand the top level Ruckman in the eight or in an entire final series. That's a fair statement right there. Um, it's almost like he's to uh, coming with like, you know, Buddy Franklin is to the Sydney Swans. If he's not in playing his game, then it's kind of a different. Oh, let's not go there. Dude. <laughs> like, like legitimately. Um, let, let me yeah. Throw okay. my red glasses on let's, here. Let's get I don't think Sydney. I don't think Sydney as as buddy centric as everybody wants them to be. It's mm -hmm. the thing is, is that when he's on, they do when he's off or when he's not playing. Watch Sydney this week. Watch how much distribution goes to all of the forwards when he's not playing. Mm -hmm. Because I look at it, I look at it like this: when you see a Buddy Franklin and you know what Buddy Franklin can do, 
it's hard not to give him the ball, especially when he gives you the stare, which is fun. Watch, watch, <laughs> you ever get a chance watch some of the old games and watch when he doesn't get it. He gives the death stare better than any player I've ever seen. Oh, imagine being a rookie that fails to get him the ball. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think they're as buddy centric as everybody makes them out to be. Have they been buddy centric the last couple of uh, the last couple of rounds? Yes, but Buddy's playing pretty darn well. So it's hard not well, he's to. He's only kicking five. <laughs> Well, and I, I like I said, I looked at the Essendon game. Yeah, they went to Buddy, but Buddy was not inside the 50, and look what he did. He was distributing the ball all over the 50 to Papley, to Heaney, mm-hmm. to Bell, to all of the other small forwards. So it's not like it's a bad thing. I It's not like he's in the full forward position and he's the only option they have. Mm-hmm. They've got Hayward. They've got Heaney. They've got Wicks. They've got Papley. They've got some weapons. That will work. The issue is, is that it's hard to deny he's not a target because 6'4", 215 he's hard not to see so i i I just don't like that everybody's like buddy's gone it's it's gonna ruin the swans watch this week there may even be a little bit more clean in the front center because they're not focused on buddy they're gonna have to have their eyes going to multiple different targets that's i i I don't i don't like to pull my red glasses off (laughs) put my coach's hat back on I just don't think they're as body centric as so many people want. They think he, they, mm-hmm. they are. And, and, and like again, it. maybe that's my red glasses mm-hmm. a little bit, but I just, I just don't think it's that bad. I, I think it's a little overboard. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and speaking about overboard, let's get into some of the, I guess, controversy, the controversies, the, the oh, statements geez. against these guys, uh, because I don't think they're as warranted as some of these old heads might be. Um, because we're going to hop into our storylines, but before we do, um, let us know your thoughts on those overreactions. Uh, sign off in the comments or hit us up over on socials on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth Long Media. Are the Suns making the finals this year? Should Brisbane's performance be more worrying than the D's? And is Collingwood a non-top eight? flag threat but let's get into this because the first thing i'm going to talk about is the man that um you know he chose right waffles are the superior breakfast item over pancakes over french toast um over over anything else even oh now it's hard to go oh monkey bread's very good i don't know if waffles top that necessarily but waffles are a very very high tier um and let's stay you know, on one item. tangent here <laughs> you know no donnie how do you think we all know how this works but getting back to waffles nat fife is going to be uh making his return to wafl i think this is the first time in like 12 years or something like that stat since he's mm-hmm been in the wa yep. right and i mean it makes sense um because you know he's he's above average when it comes to playing football um and he's missing this round's game when, <laughs> i'm right um <laughs> missing he's I was missing, listening to the podcast for him uh, i just i rolled so bad of <laughs> average he, he's above average donnie <laughs> he is in above <laughs> it's oh, just boy. i just not clarifying on how above average he is but he's above average nonetheless brown low medalist and he's above average <laughs> yes oh it, i think a brown low medalist gold. is above average <laughs> mm. Te- technically right donnie technically that is a right. wide berth on that one <laughs> wide berth. oh i love it um but it's at there's a little bit of pushback against it so obviously he's making his return this week and will not be playing against a pivotal finals um kind of contention game against brisbane and when in fact though it was nat's idea to get a game back in the wfl before making his official return 
to um, Frio coming off of his shol uh, shoulder and back surgery. Um, but Wayne Carey was not a fan of this by any means. Um, the AFL legend um, said that Brisbane should be thanking their lucky stars after Frio announced a quote, absolutely ridiculous comeback plan for Nat Fife. Um, and he kind of just goes on to say um, that um, I can't believe it. I honestly can't. I'm playing a game in the WAFL, Nat Fife. I'd be parking him forward, quote, in the uh, uh, AFL. I know we've said this. They're going well. I get it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You do not put Nat Fife in the WAFL. Um, he also goes on to suggest that maybe they put him in full forward for 70% of the game. Um, and kind of going on to that. Is this uh, kind of take warranted uh, towards Frio? Is Frio doing the right thing? Is Nat Fife making the right choice? Um, or is this kind of going to bite them in the butt when it comes to not only this round, but in finals contention as a whole? <laughs> All right. So a little little bit of education. Do you, do you know Wayne Carey's nickname? No, you're going to fill me okay. in on that one. All right. Wayne Carey's nickname is The Doc, and he, for some people, is considered to be the greatest footballer to ever live. Now, again, I don't like that term. Mm -hmm. I think that term is antiquated. It's all when you watch, so on and so forth. Yeah. Do I understand what Wayne Carey is saying? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do I understand him completely? Absolutely. Understand yeah. Yeah. that. He's a superstar. He's an absolutely fantastic superstar. But I'm going to go back to, to my headlines. What did I say with Petraka? I said, sit him if he's sick, right? Mm -hmm. Right? For me, this is one of those. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with him purely on this. He has not played in a while. He needs a run to see action. That is not a two versus three game where he's playing one of the best teams in the league. And all he can do is play forward. He's not going to be as effective as a forward because as we saw last year, he's got the yips when it comes to in front of the goals. <laughs> he is not oh, an addition. Yeah. He would be a subtraction in my personal opinion to the Fremantle team. Fremantle fans would love to hear your reaction on this. But personally, yeah. I like the decision. Let him go play waffle. Let him get his feet wet. Let him get back on the field in a competition against people wearing the other jersey that are going to tackle him and let him see how he goes. If he goes well, hey, he can come back in the next week and it's not as difficult as an opponent mm -hmm. and it's not as important to Fremantle's chances of top four. I understand what Wayne Carey is saying here, but this is Wayne Carey looking at it through his old decrepit glasses and not looking at this big picture that is Fremantle's chances to play for a flag. And if they bring him in underdone or not ready, he is a liability. He is not an addition. I know it's weird saying it. Fife is a Brownlow medalist and an incredible player in his day, but he needs time. I know this is weird for some people because we all want it now. We want it now. You have to be patient with a guy like this. He's had so many injuries. He has not been on the park all season. Let him get his feet wet. Wayne, Duck, I understand what you're saying. You're wrong. I'm sorry. I know you're not going to like that I said that. Not that you know well, who course, the hell I am. Of course, because he's listening right now. He's our biggest fan. <laughs> It'd be great. Hey, <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to have Wayne carry on. The guy is a legend, legitimately. Mm -hmm. 
I just don't, I just don't agree with him because I think he's looking at it too small a picture here, too small a picture. You have to look at it through the entire season. Of course. He potentially could be a liability more than a positive. As we saw last year, he had the yips. Plain and simply, for me, that is a perfect excuse to go, hey, you know what? Let's play in the waffle this week. Let's get you. And the fact that that's where he wants to play. That's one of the biggest trust, points here, man. I'm going to trust the player in this situation. He knows his body. He's not. He's an educated player, too. He, oh, he, yeah. He's a, he's a, like, he's not, and like you were saying earlier, great turn. He's not just a meathead. Nat5 totally understands his situation. He's the captain of this team for a reason. Well, for multiple reasons, but this is a reason. I'm, I trust him on this. I trust him. One hundred percent. Trust your players. This is, this is, this is one of the opposite times that you don't that you do listen to your player. It's not the yep. player's got a concussion. He wants to go back. Oh, good coach. That's when you ignore him. <laughs> this is he's fully in his faculty. He he knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna trust him in this situation. Plus, with the high that is that win over Melbourne, how do you change anybody? How do you change that? Like, I don't bring on a Fife in this situation because who do you take off? Because mm -hmm. you take off somebody that potentially had a really good game against Melbourne and has a ton of confidence. And then you proverbially pop their balloon just to get a superstar back. I just don't understand that thought process. Maybe it's my coaching background. I look at it much more in a three-dimensional, more than a tiny scale that maybe Wayne carries. He's thinking of ticket sales. He's thinking of getting the superstar back on the field. I'm thinking about it through the entire season and how it's going to affect the entire locker room and the 18 guys on the field. And for me, it's a risk bringing him back. I play him in the waffle. If he plays well, heck, he's then a great addition the next week when you're not playing Brisbane. You're playing a little bit, maybe a lesser team, and it's not going to impact your season as much as, say, you bring him in, he kicks three behinds, and you lose by eight points. You're going like, to look like a Muppet at the end if you're a coach and you make that decision. I, I'm totally on board with that one. I, I think that no matter what, Frio is going to make the right choice here, and they shouldn't regret it no matter what happens um, come round um, 12 action. But going from one legend to another, let's take on over to what Alistair Clarkson has to, to say when, he when it comes to proposing a radical private equity model inspired by none other than the Green Bay Packers. Look at us, Australia. Americans truly making a difference in your sport, not only on the field with the greatest American player ever, Mason Cox, but off the field with one of the greatest NFL franchises of all time, the Green Bay Packers. Let me go into this one a little bit more. Um, so the way that it kind of works um, and when it comes to ownership for the Packers is that it's kind of like the Packers um, – have like had like a public stock offering and they actually do mm -hmm. this every you know number of years where residents in wisconsin actually own stock in the green bay packers and so technically the fans own the green bay packers and that's um kind of what um clarko is talking here when it comes to a potential tasmanian expansion team um he was uh, talking about them um would the, the suggestion model would effectively see multiple fans by ownership of the team as opposed to private control from one um, party. And so actually, um, the funny thing is, is, so Clarkson, he has been to Green Bay twice and was actually there earlier this month. And he pitched this idea during the task, for, uh, task forces last meeting with AFL, including uh, head football um, 
Andrew Dillon, a meeting, um, outgoing league boss, um, Gil did not attend. He didn't attend that one. Um, but so essentially he's talking about even more detail here. Um, this proposal included, um, a proposed entire capital based, um, capped at $2,500 per person with a minimum of 500, which means there's no ownership with any massive stake in the club or which, or with too much power over the club. So. I think this is a really intriguing idea when it comes to the expansion team, and I think it could actually work out pretty well. What are your thoughts on this one? It'll be very interesting to see how this one goes, but let me, I, as much as I absolutely love this thought process that Clark Gross trying to, trying to do a little bit of a, of a different look to it, uh, my issue that I run into is, is that the Tazzy license right now is hanging by a thread mm -hmm. and, and that's the hard part to look at it is, is several clubs i'm not going to mention because i don't i don't want to cause any major dust ups in the con comment section at least three clubs have already voiced that they are not they don't want a Tazzy team at least a Tazzy expansion new license team so that's going to be difficult considering that the consensus i get is they want a majority to okay it not Which just the not just that yeah exactly yeah. i'm i'm really hearing that the majority of the clubs actually would prefer a victorian team move there with heavy north heavy north yep with a heavy look at north being yeah. the team that would make way i'm again gotta get relegated to with, tasmania with, there there you go Dan. i got a soccer term in yeah the non-soccer fan with a soccer term you're welcome i, I love it <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it. No, so I don't know. I'm, I think it's a great idea. I, I think Clarko is very much a visionary. He's trying to find ways to, I mean, he's constantly over here. He's talking with Steve. Kerr, the interesting State proposal at the least. Well, and, and the best part about it is he's just, he's trying to throw new models into a league that I, and, and I think we've all seen it. And I know you and I have, have had it happen when we've, when we've discussed, american style things thrown into um, thrown in yeah. uh, i know dangerfield just had a had a discussion where he likes the mid-season trade period mm -hmm. and he's on oh, our side the, donnie the, vis <laughs> the visceral reactions by many australians don't we don't want an american sport and i go i 100 understand the visceral reaction i do i really do but sometimes sometimes you have to look at it in a different light like i look at it as there's several of the responses were like there's no loyalty to clubs i go well what if you've got a todd goldstein has been with north melbourne his entire career he's had chances to go to geelong numerous times he's near the end of his career he's gonna retire don't you think it's on the club a little bit to have the ability to say in a mid-season draft that geelong needs a ruckman to mm -hmm. potentially make a finals run to give the guy, hey, we care about you enough. You've stayed with this you. club it's long a, enough. Well thank you. We're going to trade you to Geelong to let you have that shot to go get a championship, mm -hmm. a la Ray Bork from the Boston Bruins to the Colorado Avalanche in 1998. I know it's it's a, it's a fantasized thing here, but I don't think it's as simple as these players have no loyalty. You'd be surprised how, how many players are actually quite loyal to the clubs that they are, and the clubs don't perform, but yet they stay. Ben well, I think Australian football, like, another one. I think this league of any league I watch has the most um, kind of loyalty 
from from a player perspective. Like definitely not mm-hmm. the NBA, the NFL a little bit, baseball yeah, NHL kinda, but nothing like like the Australian Football League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing I I try to tell, like you don't get it. The player movement over here is ten times worse, and and, and the yes, the the reactions are just as visceral when a guy leaves. Like don't go and don't go onto his Twitter account when he announces. They're taking their talents to another team. LeBron because... taking his talents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not not trying to throw that one in the bus. Oh, that was a fun just, piece of just... history. <laughs> oh my God, seriously! And so, I heard somebody in one pod one podcast say they thought they think Clarko should do that next year. Clarko should have the decision <laughs> and have like yeah. Here we exactly. go preview of how that's for, going. For I'm taking my talents. <laughs> To the greater Western Sydney, let's go Giants and let's go uh, win the win the grand final. Amen. If you take, if you take his if you take his commentary, GWS has got an opportunity. My only thing though is is there he says he wants to go to a team that potentially could win a flag quickly. His GWS is list and that opportunity we'll have to see. I, I think they I think I they know. are I think they are a little bit. It just kind of depends. Well, let's not go there. But you know, he's giving me hope I, and that's that's exactly. that's all I so, need right now from the Giants. I, like I said, I love what Clarko's doing. I think mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic way to to put in a style that might actually be just a little bit different, but it's a lot. It's still a lot like the membership. It's just yeah. just got a little bit more connection to it than I think some people think it is. So I don't think it's as bad an idea. Like I said, I'm just hoping that this the Tasmanian thing gets figured out because, like I said, if they add a 19th license, they're gonna have to get a 20th. And I'm just I'm hearing more and more chatter that the heavy consensus is they're just gonna they're they don't want to give a 19th license yeah. the, the the 19th license is gonna be fought over more than just moving north to Tassie or having North play more games in Tassie completely like that's mm-hmm. I think is kind of the biggest thing that I keep that hearing that could be a, a good lot. good neutral ground yes yeah. and no Hawthorne might be a little ticked because I know mm-hmm. both Hawthorne and Melbourne have 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 had contracts with the Tassie government to play games at Launceston ah. and at Hobart and both are go down there a lot so I can understand why Hawthorne may be a little more miffed about it just because it's some money out mm-hmm. of the club because they don't have that hey let's go down play at utah stadium four times a year so i think that's kind of it there so yeah that's a great point right there we'll love to hear your guys thoughts on this one should some good old gridiron rules make their way i guess not rules but uh tactic now should some nfl stuff make its way over to australia (laughs) Um, let's know in the comments i know you will um but before we get into the team of the round and then subsequently our tips, it's time for us all to collectively say what the blank. I'm sure we said that multiple times this round for either team, for any team you're a fan of. You probably said this, uh, but it's time to get into what the blank where Donnie fills in the blanks um, with these statements. For those that don't know how this works, I got three statements for Donnie and all of them have a blank in either the beginning, the middle, or the end. And it's up to him to fill in the blank. But what we're going to start off here is something we kind of briefly touched on a little bit earlier. We're going to circle back to that and what now is that Buddy Franklin's one match ban is blank. Justified. Mm-hmm. And, and I know everybody's going to like, what coach, what are you it's talking not about? Like, Club. I love that quote. From it's the one thing that I've, I've harped on mm-hmm. personally 
yeah. about Buddy's game is that he gets a little hot-headed and he starts giving away free kicks for really stupid things. He had a free kick 30 meters in front of goal. He could have buried, but he was so worried about getting Conchin out of his grill that he got him high. Now, is this a little bit of Franklin's 6'4", Conchin's 5'10", where 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 his arm is and where Conchin's head is is a little too close together, maybe. I don't know. And then my favorite part is is I, I saw some of the transcript from the tribunal and the lawyer arguing for Buddy Franklin basically insinuated that Cochin faked it and that he acted that he got hit. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a, there's an award show in Australia called the Logies. And he, he joked, he said, well, he said with that performance that he should get a front row seat at the Logies for, for an award. Now that's um, the lawyer I like to have on my we'll, we'll side. Go, pers- personally, I did not, I did. I, I knew it wasn't going to get overturned. I wasn't yeah. expecting it to overturn just because where, where the contact is and the way it was done, it's hard to argue that it wasn't intentional so it's going to be a week more egregious match bans this season than we have seen from from this buddy one Um, i don't like this one because all the regular camera angles from the game Mm -hmm. show no discernible way to tell if he actually hit his jaw or not it goes doesn't go back to the whole letter of the law stuff let let me let me finish though Yeah, yeah There has been somebody said there has been an angle found where it does show that he does get him. I don't get that. But again, I haven't I haven't seen that image. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I see it or not, I really don't care. It's one match ban. It's over. It's, <laughs> I, I kind of knew it was kind of at yeah. the time when it happened. My favorite part was everybody's like, "That's two or three weeks." I'm like, "That's gonna be a one week ban. It's an open handed slap." <laughs> he didn't mean to, he didn't there's no way he meant to hit him in the head buddy does this all the time he gets he gets to jumper slapping guys where he just open hand palm chest guys so many times and he gives away free kicks and irks the crap out of him <laughs> but he does it mm-hmm. and I, I so I, again buddy being buddy I, I, I hate saying it that way but that's it he he deserved the suspension i'm glad it didn't get overturned because if it does get overturned a hornet's nest jumps out on that one so exactly and i'm not i'm not saying that because richmond was the team that it happened to it's because it just it it sets a bad example i understand the suspension and here's where i go now we see is are they buddy as buddy centric as everybody says because if they have a great game against melbourne the whole buddy centric argument goes out the got the window in my personal opinion especially if they win if they win without buddy that argument is going to be dead forever Hopefully. Uh, especially if Heaney kicks three, Papley kicks three, Wicks kicks two, Hayward kicks two, yep. uh, Parker kicks two. Like if it's an even spread or or you know, McDonald kicks two, mm-hmm. Reed kicks two, like if it's an even spread, it really kind of blows it out of the water that it's more of Buddy is kind of that gravitational pull. That's why they go to him. It's Absolutely. not because they're only looking for him. It's because he's he he does he leads really well. It's hard sometimes to turn him down. It, that guy. Again, not just because you get the death stare if you don't. So it's completely justifiable. I understand it. I agree with it. Buddy takes a seat. He gets two weeks off now because mm-hmm. they play this game. And then they get the bye week next week, which I think in some situations, sneakily, I think this is good for Buddy. Let him rest. Let him recoup. Let him get ready and have him raring to go after the bye. So I this is kind of a sneaky little. I don't mind this as a small supporter. The, the swans hat on that one not not a bad overall thing for him mm-hmm. at his age um with wanting to have him in case if the swans make finals you need him fit and firing at that time so i like it justified for me uh personally mm-hmm. now with the next statement you probably got you you could probably infer my answer if you've listened you know throughout the show um uh, because it's fairly obvious but statement number two blank 
was the most surprising impact player of round 11? <laughs> I'm going to throw you a curveball on this one because for me, it wasn't one player. It was several, and it's the Fremantle Mosquito Squad. They were oh. the most surprising player for me because they literally, they, with the loss of May, they made that North Melt, that, that, the NOM football club's back line really 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 panic oh, don't even start that the whole that melbourne's still undefeated but but norm is <laughs> I, I, okay so i thought that was great yeah. i i never didn't even think about that until you said <laughs> but that that's 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 my that's my surprising thing because i you just hadn't seen that type of performance this entire season from Fremantle, and for it to come up in this game at this time in that situation you can't deny that Everything, Lockie Schultz, Frederick, all those forwards for Fremantle had spectacular games at just the right time. So I'm going to give them the tick on this one. I know it's not one player. It's multiple because I, I got to give it. I got to give it to them. That was fantastic to watch. And really quickly, I'll give it to I was so angry. I wanted to watch this game. Um, I, had to, I was slept in. I didn't get a chance to watch it live. And I made the mistake of wanting to see something on the oh, buddy no. on the buddy thing. Oh. And got the and got the um score oh, of the game oh no. at the top of the thing. So I already knew Fremantle won, and I was like, "What did <laughs> I just see?" So the first thing I did as soon as I put my phone down, I went, "Well, gonna have to watch the highlights." Click, and then watch that game. Just could not believe it. But yeah, I was I had saw buddies buddies um, buddies um, ruling from the MRO had come down. I didn't even think about it. Clicked on the AFL app. That's how it happens. You just don't. Exactly. Oh, I like, just want to see this, but you don't think about. Oh no, well, the scores are going to be there. And and I tell I tell Ugh. a bunch of people. I said I try to stay off social media as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So at least I until at least I've watched the highlights at least of yeah. the games or watched the games that I want to. The one thing about the watch AFL being able to watch the games back later, I don't have to worry about the hour and a half of commercials. So it's kind of nice and get through games a little bit quicker. The issue is is that sometimes you get into the game that it's a blowout by mid third quarter. And I'm just like, well, we'll just fast forward to the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it's kind of nice. Good unlike the Friday, unlike the Friday night games where it's like, you're going to have to sit through as ugly as it could potentially get because you're watching it live. So, of course. So, so straight up, I, I found out about that one. And I literally oh, sat there bummer. as I saw buddy was, buddy was suspended, but then saw the Fremantle result and went, Whoa, you gotta be. So I had, I like legitimately, as soon as I did that, I had to it's watch the highlights and I watched them like twice just to be sure. I was like, did I see that? Like, I gotta <laughs> see this again. And then the, then the, the Frederick tap back and I like rewinded it twice. I'm like, you gotta be, did he just, no, he no did way. That. He did. He did that. He did rewind. No, no, there's no way. Rewind. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it was, it that, was fantastic. You so were all of us. Um, that was in that position this round, Donnie. Oh, the, that, I, the, sure. I, the, I, the, the super big eye emoji and brain blown emoji yep. were just me to a T. That in time, that after that play happened was ridiculous. But yeah, so Fremantle's forwards are were the most surprising for me. Just what a game. Perfectly timed. I love it. Um, going to the last statement, Tex Walker will be wearing a blank jumper next season. Oh, think he boy. moves away from the crows. Do you think the crows offer him? Maybe not offer him enough. It's gonna be a big. This is gonna, if they don't get an extension this season. I, this might be one of the. This might be the biggest storyline going into the off season. 
the, the biggest thing though is the one team I'm hearing talked about the most. I'm trying to figure out why, and mm-hmm. that's Gold Coast. And like, I'm not saying the Gold colors. Coast is a bad. Well, no, no, or are no, we no, just no, going it, with the <laughs> you know red, yellow? No, He's fine. No, I I think it's just because right now, like, who who of your big three of your of your tall forward three at Gold Coast, one's got to go. Mm-hmm. Max King and King, the King brothers not going anywhere because he's the fu- he's the future of the forward. Line. He's the club, yeah. So it's Casbolt or Mario Chol, and I mean, if you had to pick one, it's Levi Casbolt. But how can you drop a guy that's literally had a meteoric season this year, being a scrap heap player that Carlton was just like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Bye. Like I mean, it's literally what they did to Levi Casbolt, and and for him to go up. And to be able for him and Joel to, to kind of make us forget that the King brother is out with ACL at the start mm-hmm. of the season is, is insane. Like right. it, 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 how much did everybody talk about when I think it was, I think it's max. I can never remember which King is where I'm going to remember it one of these times. So I'll, I'll, I'll pull up St. Kilda. What's, it, so what's it Ben King? Yeah, it's, I think it is. It's, yeah, ben, it's ben, ben King. King. Ben King is at GWS and Max and Max King is at, you mean Gold Coast? Yep. Yep. I wish Max, he was at GWS. Max King, Max King is at St. Kilda. Ben and Ben King is at Gold Coast. When Ben King went down with his ACL injury, how many people were like, "Yep, Gold Coast, Wooden Spooner, Wooden Spooner, Wooden Spooner"? I was like, it was ridiculous how many people were saying that. And I went, "What about North Melbourne?" Like, I remember saying that. Like, I don't think Gold Coast is going to be the Wooden Spooner because they still had much. They lose a forward. They have replace, a good list. You can well yeah. well. That's that that is they have good pieces to. on that list. Is is that their statement? Well, I I agreed with some. There's talent there. Do they have the grunt? Because that was the thing that everybody kind of bashed GWS. Mm-hmm. What GWS for the longest time was they had tons of talent, but they had no grunts. And when you don't have any grunts, sometimes superstar talented kids don't work hard enough because yep. they're not taught to. Like that's the issue. Gold Coast has got some grunts, like legitimately some really good grunt players. And now they're getting these superstars playing better. And when you get diamonds in the rough, like Joel Jeffries has been a phenomenal pickup Mm -hmm. for the Gold Coast Suns, not just because he kicks five miraculous goals against the Western Bulldogs. I mean, he he kicks another insane snap from the boundary and gets a goal out of it. And you could tell he was like, oh my gosh, I just did that. (laughs) So like Gold Coast legitimately has a great list. Cannot wait for that. So I just I don't see if he fits there, but that's the t- club everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. I think he stays in Adelaide. I think he's got loyal I think he's got loyalty to there. Adelaide's been really really good to him. I think he wants to be there. I think he wants to be part of the, the kind of re revamping of this Crows team. It's do the Crows see the same thing? If the Crows don't, then Tex finds himself in another place. But if the Crows see his impact, which he has been quite impactful since he's come back from his suspension, it's hard to deny that he's not a linchpin for this for this team going for going forward um from it. I, I think he stays a crow, mm-hmm. honestly. But it's 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 because I just don't I don't see the connection at Gold Coast unless Levi Casbolt gets the gets the ass, which I mean would kind of suck considering he's kind of saved gold Coast from being a wooden spoon potential team because him and Joel have been the greatest replacements for Ben King. Hard to deny that. Absolutely. I think um, Adelaide would be dumb to not extend Tex Walker into keeping there because 
I mean, really, take a look at the bright the the, the bright spots you have in Adelaide. What Texas? And you got Tex. You got not a whole lot else besides him. I, I think if well, you really... the, the only response back to that is they do have young up and coming forwards. Billy Fr- Frampton's there. They still have Himmelberg. But you need a McAdam. mix between young and veteran. It, it, exactly, yeah. and that's and that's kind of the perfect little response back to that is yeah. that, is that if you drop the, a seriously experienced veteran, do you have a veteran to be able to go forward from maybe the midfield group, um, like a, like a Ben Keys, like a Seedsman who when it comes who, to goal kick, kickers and stuff like that, that's why I love Sydney's setup so well because you have that tried and true veteran that is great in you know in Buddy Franklin, great is an understatement for him. But it's Buddy that's able to take the pressure off of a lot of these younger kickers and give them more mm-hmm. opportunities. Um, and so it's an easier transition into, you know, getting, becoming a good footballer. That's what Tex Walker can provide for these young guns in Adelaide. Because if yeah. you take away from him, that's that much more pressure on those young guys have to succeed, which, which can... I'm not saying that I totally limit say that, you know, some guys really do thrive under pressure and can become a better player for that. But more mm-hmm. than likely, it's better to have that one guy to help them develop, you know. And once they're developed, mm-hmm. then maybe you could get rid of Tex Walker. But for now, you you got to keep him on on your list. Yeah, and, and I understand, and it's 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 I that's why I said I think he gets re-signed just because they they really do need that that experienced head up forward because they really don't have another seriously experienced head in their forward line mm-hmm. after him. So, one hundred percent agrees. It's a, I'm hoping he's in the Crows tricolors. I really do, just because I think it, I like one club players. I like guys that can stay there and yeah. be a one club guy. Going back I, to loyalty. I, well, it's not about loyalty. It's just about the fact that that the club wants him there. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. even have to be on the player. Sometimes it's, <laughs> it's my, the club. My, I, I hear fans say loyalty to the club. Sometimes the club treats the player dirty, and that's the reason why the player goes. Yeah. Like legitimately, it's the club is not always the clubs are not always perfect. Like legitimately, I've seen situations even over here where tons of money are being thrown. Guys go on free agency, but the guy goes because not because he wanted to go, but because his team didn't offer him what what probably could have kept him there. Because sometimes you do get a hometown discount. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do get a guy, he's close to his home, so it's going to be a lot easier for his family to come. But if that club doesn't offer him what he what he believes, and again, sometimes it's astronomical <laughs> again, that's – I agree. But sometimes it's not always as, as cut and dry as players not loyal to the club, he leaves. No, sometimes the club is, well, we just – we don't see you as being that guy. Mm-hmm. So the club disrespects the player. That's why the player leaves. Absolutely. So I don't. I don't think it's always as black and white no. as some fans no, want. No, it clearly it to. goes both ways. You gotta have the player performing. You gotta have the club supporting them, and there's a whole lot of that in between. Uh, mm. But that's gonna wrap it for what the blank this round. Donnie thinks that uh, Buddy's one match is justified, and that the it was what the the mosquitoes of Fremantle um, are the most impactful players from round eleven in Tex is going to be staying a crow and i think so as well let's know your thoughts is tex going to be remaining a crow who do you think we had the best standout performance in round 11 and most importantly do you think there's any controversy behind buddy franklin's one match suspension but before we get into our tips and cap this sucker off what we got for you guys it's the best and most important list in all the lists in all the lands from australia to america from new york to Melbourne 
it's time for Coach Donnie's Team of the Round. Coach, what do you got in store for us this time? All right. Again, we'll, we'll go with really quickly, just a real quick mention of each of the players and kind of why they're in really quickly. We, again, we always start on defenders because defense wins championships. Yes, we start with Tommy Stewart of Geelong. Again, just having an incredible season. They're their linchpin in the background for this the for the cats. Again, another great game for the cat experienced defender. Luke Ryan of the Fremantle Dockers. Again, you beat Melbourne. You have a great game. Hard not to put you in my team of the week. So Luke Ryan <laughs> from the Fremantle Dockers. Bailey Williams, part of a goal bonanza that the Western Bulldogs had on the West the on least. the West Coast Word. Eagles. 16 different goal kickers oh in this game and he as a defender had two so <laughs> so that just kind of shows you how uh, insipid the west coast eagles are gold coast locky weller again gold coast continuing to play really well they've got unsung heroes guys that you may not know their names but that are having really good seasons this year um a, a revelation for the st kilda saints jackson claire the the lovely flow of hair off jackson claire there definitely get him and then and then again, the story of this season is Carlton Sam Doherty again, continuing to have another great season, making an impact for the Carlton Blues, even though in a loss to their bitter rivals, the Collingwood Magpies, but Carlton with an incredible game there. Mm-hmm. We jumped to the ruck. I mentioned him earlier. He's continuing to play well, and that's North Todd Goldstein. Another great game by the Mel- North Melbourne Ruckman playing his off on a team that has just not playing well. This is one of those guys that honestly I would love a midseason trade period because he could go to a team potentially have a chance for a flag. He deserves a flag. I just feel, a I chance. feel sorry. I feel sad for him that he has he's not may not get that opportunity. We jump to the mids and some incredible performances here. I mean, Lockie Neal, incredible performance. GWS good, just not stop this guy, no. especially once he got going in the middle of that second quarter and just kept going. But also in that game as well as GWS is Josh Kelly. Both these guys had incredible games. <laughs> Josh in Kelly, man. Yeah. Another another great game. Western Bulldogs, Josh Dunkley again, the goal kind of the goal kicking midfielder of this midfield, other than the Bond. And Dunkley having another two goal game here. Brandon Ellis of the Gold Coast Suns, another two goals for the, the former Richmond Tiger is really, really stepped up to the Gold Coast and played well. St. Kilda's Jack Gresham has come back and been just absolutely fantastic for that midfield of the Saints there. We jump to the forwards. We've been talking about him a lot, and he kicks a bag in this one. Sydney's buddy, Franklin, will be part of the forwards. Brisbane's Lincoln McCarthy. GWS's Toby Green. Geelong, Jeremy Cameron. West Coast, Dar- Jack Darling gets a mention. You kick four goals in a game yeah it wasn't close but still, <laughs> you got to put them through the big sticks when you get the opportunity and the western bulldogs aaron naughton will round out the starters we jump to the bench I've, I've talked about him several times he continues to have a good season that's isaac cummings of the gws giants again continuing Dude. to play very very well for this gws backline midfielder from richmond jack gresham another great game for the tigers in this game and then it's great to see this gentleman back for our ruck on the bench, Timmy English. He was my all-Australian ruck thought process going to this time of the before his injury. So glad to see him back healthy and playing footy. Another great game by the Bulldogs ruckman. And it sounds like he's very close to signing a contract extension with the Duggies. So the Duggies have to be licking their chops that they get to keep this young Western Australian Ruckman in the kennel. And last but not least, 
another great game almost brought Carlton back from Collingwood and that's Charlie Curnow having an incredible season another great story from the Carlton Blues there so that is my team of the round this week absolutely Curnow is amazing and he's still the current um, goal leader on the season <clears throat> right now um, he has 37 and that's five ahead of second place um, Jeremy Cameron so mm-hmm. he's Coleman de- medal leader Ooh, and by a good margin as well you got a couple 32s in there a couple 31s he is really the only one leading the pack and standing out right now Ooh, Carlton you got a breakout player on your on your hands right now for this season so he's well, he's he's one of those that they talked about because of his injury issues they wanted him because he he had shown this in junior footy like mm. they were we're talking him being like a generational Buddy Franklin type of forward for the longest time. Got to show you right now. <laughs> and he just he just could not get on the park. He could not stay healthy. So this is for this him, is then. Charlie Curnow that I think a lot of people thought they were going to see. Good for him. Um, yeah, always love a story like that. Um, but there we go. Donnie's team of the round. Like I said, the only one that matters. And speaking about the only thing that matters, let's get into our tipping. Because that is a total lie. Um, I would not. At least, at least, I mean, I'll, I'll give Donnie some credit. He's great. Probably a lot better than me. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what the rankings are because it's time for us to get into our round 12 tipping. Had a decent time last round. You know, AFL website has me at seven out of nine. So, mm-hmm. feeling good. Feeling good about myself right there. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, you know what's funny? You know, going through the tipping this round, Donnie. I don't know if you felt the same way. There's definitely mm-hmm. a team that I picked that's a huge betting underdog. So we got another we got another bold prediction this round. Don't you worry, you guys. But it feels weird picking this team as a quote bold prediction. But at the same time, there's a lot of these where the odds and the the picking percentages of these games surprised me the first time taking a look at them. It, are, are are we kind of the same boat there, or am I? I I'm I, I'm I'm looking at it like I I went through the tip I went through the tipping early and, and I and this is one of those weeks where I tipped my tips. And I haven't, I've been thankful even through the injury, the injury updates. And you haven't like changed that, them. I, I haven't, I haven't changed any. Normally uh, there's a couple that I'll, that I'll couple that I'll kind of bounce back and forth, especially if they're close. There is a close one that I tipped it at the start. And technically they're the underdog, at least the tipping competition that I have pulled up on mine. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to see if it's the, if, if it's the same one. For this, I don't have any bold ones because I don't re- I don't really consider that one a bold take. You know, some people would say because of the tipping that it might be, but mm-hmm. I don't really consider it a bold take because I think with the matchups the way they are, I think they have matchup advantages. We might be talking places. about the same team, so this is going oh, to be interesting when when we we'll have to get see, down we'll the have list, to see. right? Let's, let's get to it. Okay, know, because I'm, we last got round. I was seven <laughs> and nine as well, so um, Brad was seven. <laughs> Brad tipped all the same one as me. Damn it! Uh, having, I can't, I can't That's like what's that two rounds him. in the row where we've kind of kind of stayed the same relatively. Well, I think I think you I think you missed the GWS one, so I think I caught up with you on okay. one. Okay. So I think you were. I actually think you were six and three last one because we all missed. We all I, mm, I, did. Yeah. You, did you tip Colin? You didn't tip Colin with it, correct? Um, I I tipped um Carlton on that one. You tipped Carlton. Yeah. You tipped Melbourne against Carlton. You tipped Melbourne against. Fremantle. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah. And then you t- did you actually legitimately tip GW? I had you down as tipping GWS in that game. Oh no, I actually Brisbane. I actually tipped Brisbane. I, I okay, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll adjust it. Okay. I'll adjust it. I, and, and I, had, for I those watching, I'm not lying, Don. You can even see our tips are locked in. I do all my tips to the AFL bet, um, website, so those suckers okay. are locked. There's yeah, no I, I think eraser trying to <laughs> trying to take this off. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've 
I've got it. I've got I it wanted to there. GWS. <laughs> I, I think I accidentally uh, put you down for GWS, so that's that's on me. I'll, I will adjust it on the moon. So yeah, so we're all so we're all we all went seven and two last week. So, Damn, so there, wasn't, man. there wasn't much of a change there, except I think Zach actually took a couple flyers and missed on both of them, unfortunately. Well, so, I am happy he did. Thank you. Well, uh, he's he's like twelve. He unfortunately he's twelve games well, he, back a little bit. So I don't think I, right but now. But the way he was any, playing this season, like at the beginning, he was a dark horse, and I just need him far away from us as possible because that guy was doing crazy yeah, stuff with his predictions. Brad's, Brad's got, I think he's got a four game lead on you and a six game lead on me. Oh man, Brad, I, I'm coming I, for you. As of coming right now, Brad. he. Yeah, so we'll have to see. Brad, Brad's been Brad's been really. I, I I find it when he when he sends me his tips later on in the week, is he waits till some of the teams are announced a little bit too. So he waits a little bit longer than we do. You want? He's so. playing it smart. I can't hate against that one. But we got no. a condensed round for you on this one with six games. I'm can't wait because the Giants are not going to lose this round, and it's going to make my life that much easier. <laughs> but we're going to start things off over at Marvel Stadium. We got the doggies taking on the cats. Um, I I see the odds are have a decent discrepancy, but in terms of um, tippers on according to the AFL website, 58% with the doggies, 42 with Geelong. I am going. I'm not. I'm going with Geelong on this one, um, just because okay. I there's a lot of merit. I am not surprised that 58% of people are going with the doggies, but okay. I'm going with the team that's been there longer this year. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. now here's where we I have like some it. fun. Now here's where we have some fun. Ooh. So I go through ESPN's Footy Tip apps. Okay, this is this is I'm in a couple of competitions there, so I usually check that. Mm -hmm. In their tipping competition, in their tipping, it is 52% oh. Geelong. Oh, 48% Western Bulldogs. I love this. So it is, it is actually, the, it is actually it is a little bit flipped and a little bit closer. I have the doggies. I've tipped the doggies in this one. And here, here's why the rock advantage for the doggies has really, is really, really going to mm -hmm. show itself because Geelong has not figured out who they want as their rock. Blitzoms has been playing great in the rock, but the problem is when they take him out of the rock, then he can't play number one defender on the best forward. So it leaves Geelong's defense a little bit exposed mm. when he does play rock. When Reese Stanley plays rock, the issue that they run into is then Geelong gets second to the footy because Reese Stanley is not going to beat Darcy. He's not going to beat Gone. He's not going to beat most of the good, really good Rockmen because mm -hmm. he's a little bit undersized. He may be a little more mobile than some of them but he's not going to win the ruck tap. So Geelong is always second to the footy. English is playing really, really well. I think English will win the ruck taps in this. And I think English is just as athletic and mobile. I think he's going to run Reese Stanley all over the field. And if they put blitz ons on him, it's only going to open up Waitman and Naughton mm -hmm. and all these forwards for the doggies and that incredibly crazy midfield. I just think the doggies are just a little too strong for the cats and the fact that it's at Marvel Stadium, yeah. which the Duggies play Marvel very, very well. So I'm going to tip the Duggies in this one. Technically, it's an upset. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mean by upset. Well, I guess if you to... want to go off the odds, the, the actual odds makers, um, mm -hmm. you know, the betting lines, it's still Geelong is the upset. Um, so we'll mm -hmm. see. They're 208. The Duggies are 175. Super close game, though. With the next yep. one, I, it's not that I am tipping 
for Adelaide, it's I'm just tipping against West Coast once again. And uh, yeah, I'm going with Adelaide <laughs> in this one. Uh, <laughs> I don't have coach, high hopes for this game. This is this is this is another one of those few that you you just you open the app, you look at the game, and you go click. You don't even have to think about it. You don't have to put any thought process mm-hmm. into it. I just I don't like the Eagles mojo now. The only thing I'm going to say here, and this is the only main thing that made me think a little bit later after I clicked it, is that nobody's expecting the Eagles to do, and the Crows are so damn inconsistent. Yeah. You just don't know what Crows team you're going to get. They could be putrid one game and then be fantastic if in another. If you're going to bet on any game this round, I'd say bet on this one with a buck eleven for Adelaide and six seventy for the for the Eagles. This is this is one of this. This this is the night. This is the ninety percenter. That's the most like. This is the most likely one, in my personal opinion. Absolutely, the most likely one you could see an upset. I know at least in my tipping in my tipping thing I have here, Sydney is not down is only has six percent, ninety four to six. Yep, I have that too. It's a poss- It's a possibility, but I'd still probably think West Coast is a little bit more likely to go into Adelaide and 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 nip the crows because the crows take them for granted. Mm-hmm than melbourne coming off a loss taking sydney lightly so exactly so i'm gonna tip adelaide in this one I, i'm with you on this one but i'm almost kind of wanting to watch this one this is a 10 45 first balance here i'm going to watch I'm it it's just 10 o'clock strangely I'm, in, I'm strangely intrigued but the thing though is i'll probably go to bed since sydney plays at 4 25 yeah. that morning so i probably will go to bed and and and, and catch the highlights later i'm at least watch a little bit of this because i am but i'm very I'm curious strangely intrigued by this game the next sure. game i don't I, it's not nearly as close to me gold coast and north melbourne um no gold coast all the way 97 percent tippers on uh, the afl website and uh i agree with them wholeheartedly this is the one this is the one matchup that i think wits is going to get tested a little bit because todd goldstein and jerry will will, will test him mm-hmm. they will they will definitely test him for sure I just think the mojo, the way Gold Coast is playing, Casbolt, Joel, and that Joel Jeffries are absolutely dynamic up front. I don't think the Ruse have enough defensive structure to be able to stop those three. And especially if Tuke Miller, Matty Rowell, and that midfield get going, it can be a freight train a little bit on them. So I'm going to tip the Suns in this one. But um, I think this one's going to be fun to watch the Wits-Goldstein um, rock battle. I think it's going to be a fantastic watch just, mm-hmm. just between those two. Now, here we go. The next game is one I'm looking forward to the most this round, and that is Melbourne and the Sydney Swans. And this is where my bold prediction comes into play for this round. Do the Sydney Swans see in 6% of tipsers' choices? There's uh, The odds are um, there are 420 to a buck 23 for the Melbourne Ds. I'm going with the buddyless Sydney Swans against the Ds. The Ds go to, to win 17 in a row they lose two in a row now um let, let, and the bloods are looking better than ever i am a diehard swans <laughs> fan but this is a hard sell for me, this is a very hard sell for me because uh, i would have almost preferred Fremantle lose mm-hmm. for me to feel more confident in sydney winning this one i, I know mean, what you mean the, yep. the body lo- the body loss again i i'm seeing some i'm seeing some people like oh my god buddy's gone there's I think this is going to be much more competitive than I think people give it credit for because with May being out and Tomlinson coming in, Tomlinson not playing AFL this season until this round, it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to the speed of the game. 
Logan McDonald will be able to step into Buddy's place. He's not Buddy. I'm not saying that, never was, but he's got Buddy-like qualities that if he he makes an impact, but we'll have to see. He's the protege. I'm, gonna tip, the I'm, protege. I'm going to tip Melbourne, but I'm going to say this. Sydney's going to be in this one. I, I like just it. think they're going to be in this one. I think if Hickey, if Hickey isn't back, I'm a little more frightened a little bit because Hickey Laddams being able to rotate, mm-hmm. I think will keep them fresh facing Jackson and gone. If it's just Hickey, I'm a little terrified because Sam Reed can go in and be effective. He can mm-hmm. be a great marker, but he's, he's not going to be as competitive in the ruck battles, even against Luke Jackson. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's my thing is if Hickey is back, I'm, I'm a little more confident. Sydney's even more in the game. If Tom Hickey is out, I'm scared. This could get ugly. If gone and Jackson can get up on Hickey on Laddams quickly in this game. So tip Melbourne, I'm going to, I'm going to be barracking for Sydney. Yes. Sydney fans. I can tip yes, against sir. them. I have, I'm, I'm not tip against idiot. them, but root for them. That that's the way. Well, as, as I, as I joke, as I joke, it's a win. It's a, almost a win, win. Some situation. Sydney wins. I'm super happy. Yes. I missed the tip, but I'm super happy. Sydney wins. If I get the tip, right. Well, I get the tip, right. <laughs> you know, it, it, obviously it's, it's a, one is better than the other, but it's better to have one good thing. instead of zero good things. Um, Sydney's going to, Sydney's <laughs> going to give it a crack. I'm right. going to tell you this right now. I think, they're going to give they it, will. they're going to give it a crack. They're older. Yeah. They're a little bit more experienced now. So I'm looking at it like that is that I really think that's definitely going to be something that'll happen. So I like it. This next game is one that is probably one of the harder ones for me to tip this round. And that's Hawthorne and Collingwood. It's not hard for a lot of the people out here to tip is 75% of them are riding with Collingwood a hefty margin in this one. I think this is going to be a really close game. I do have the magpies, but I could easily see Hawthorne winning this one if I'm being honest. I'm going to tip the pies in this one just because the fact I still don't know if Max Lynch is back in this one. So, and, and Cameron and um, Cox being able to be at the forward line, I think will be able to uh, kind of mitigate that. Even if Max Lynch is back there, because I think it's much more of an advantage. So we'll definitely have to see how that goes, but uh, definitely one of those where I, I'm going to tip Hollywood in this one, mm-hmm. just because Hawthorne's just been so darn inconsistent that um, that's what scares me about this tip that, though yeah, is because i, just, I could I, easily I see hawthorne just having seeing, um, their good game just have a hard time seeing hawthorne finding a way to be able to uh... know what you mean there um but with this last one that we have for the round is one of the biggest ones we're talking about after round 11 the, the events coming from round 11 and that is Going to be taking place at Optus Stadium. We got the Fremantle Dockers Brisbane Lions finals. Implications are on the line in this one. 64% of tippers are going with the Frio Dockers. They are the favorites. And because they are in Optus and not the GABA. That's why I like this. That's why I like Frio. I'm with you on this one. I, I tipped Frio. I, I, I kind of went into this one going, I hate tipping a tip because of where they're playing but Optus stadium has become a fortress for the west mm-hmm. coast teams um especially west coast for previous years but this year it's Fremantle. it's mm-hmm. hard to go out west and get a win um i'm on the flip side it would be hard to pick against brisbane if they were in the gaba yeah you know, i 100 percent right? agree and especially it's consider, so funny considering you have queensland which is much more sub which is more tropical which made you might get a do especially considering this is a, a it's a late afternoon game, so it shouldn't be as dewy. But it, 
a little bit of wet and Fremantle for some weird reason <laughs> they blow up <laughs> so it, it's quite interesting so um from what I heard, I, I talked to a friend of mine who said they're already looking at the forecast out in uh, out in Western Australia, and I guess it's supposed to be just fine. There's going to okay, be no good, rain, good. so the Fremantle, the, the Purple Army is quite happy about that. So I'm going to tip Fremantle as well in this one, um, but I think Brisbane, this is going to this is going to be game of the round, my personal opinion. This is going to be absolute game of the round. I think this comes down late. This is going to be a tough one. Who takes Lockie Neal? Can somebody take Lockie Neal out of the game? And, and if they can, then does Brayshaw sarong and, and that that fleet-footed midfield and mm-hmm. the fleet-footed forwards do they just have a field day do i mean do we see how that goes and then how does how does brisbane's forward line handle this mm-hmm. jeremy cameron and all those guys how, how do they respond if do they have to come further up the field to help the defense get the ball out can hipwood make marks and be able to let them relieve the pressure so it'll be fascinating this will be a fascinating one i cannot wait for <laughs> it's this it's going to be a fun game oh, 2 a.m i might actually stay up for this one saturday night just to watch this one because that is going to be an absolute cracker that it, this is going to be a fun game right here this is going to be a really fun one i am i'm super excited for this and for this round in general we've got a few good games here but those are six tips for round 12 of the AFL season getting into the buy rounds and it's definitely not slowing up though in terms of the quality and competition that we are going to be seeing but with that being said that is going to wrap up for us on our round 11 breakdown show I just threw my pen and it's back now uh, <laughs> I, I'm doing too much of the, of the hand motions right I, I think it's just I'm just going to like chuck it across my same. room which I, I just did, same. actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. A um, lot of fun. A lot of really good stuff. We went over some Americanization, if you want to so call it, um, taking place on this one. Um, hopefully, you don't get too mad. Um, some great takes when it comes to two really surprised teams that can make a hell of an impact on the finals stage but um of course you can catch us um over on twitch with some of other shows um we're at fourth long media there youtube spotify apple podcasts anchor anywhere you catch podcasts and you know youtube videos we are there and also hit us up on our social medias at fourth long media you um you can find us on twitter and instagram there and you can find coach donnie over at coach has 40 on both platforms as well but with that being said coach your thoughts. Ooh, let's see here. Let's see here. Your thoughts on. Dang, I, I really normally am better at this one. I'm kind of drawing a bad, <laughs> pad, pad, pad. Right? It's so bad. Um, but your don't give away my secrets. Your thoughts on long sleeve jumpers in one word or phrase. Ah. Oh unique it, it definitely th- it throws you off the yeah. first time you like if, if you're so used to seeing the the 1970s basketball uniforms and then you see a, a long sleeve jumper you're like whoa it, it's kind of it's kind of a mind you know what <laughs> um i think they're cool I, honestly i think they're really really cool i'm surprised especially with it being winter down there that it doesn't that more players don't um i would never do but, it. it goes back to offensive line rules never wear long sleeves it could be it could be <laughs> snowing zero degrees out you never wear long sleeves that's that's oh. what, that's just what you do when you're a fat man 
I know that that's that, I know that's the running joke when I watch Iowa games. Like you notice the Iowa offensive line, none of them wear sleeves. You don't. It could be four. It could be four degrees in Iowa. It could be negative ten degrees. Armed. You don't wear sleeves. Don't do it. Uh, you can't do it. Not as an offensive lineman. No, it, it's 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 unique. It, it's unique. I like it. it. It's kind of cool. I'm surprised. I, I wonder if any supporters would ever buy them if they like legitimately offered mm. long sleeve jumpers. I'd be fascinated to see, uh, especially the ones with the stripes, like with, with Geelong, like, like close, close wears yeah. the long sleeves and the stripes down the arms are quite interesting. I think quite they're kind of a good see. look, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a bad one. I do prefer it. You know, it's always the tank tops is the offense line. It's like, you got to show off the guns a little bit, you know, uh, but it, it well when you, when you do the the was what do they call it the, the the double double cobra or is just the cobra the gun show the gun show I've I've no well, no there's the, there's there's the, the there's the mercy cobra, cobra. the mercy cobra yeah. is the one in the back of the head yeah that that's the one you know um I I'm I'm doing my best here with the lingo we're getting better ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for sticking in until the end and we'll see all of you after what seems to be a fantastic round of footy catching the next one.